I'd like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend, Scotty Ray, along with my co-host, Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm in a glass of iced tea and enjoy. Welcome to Season 2 of Secrets from the South. We had a blast last year with a bunch of stories, and this year's no different. This week's subject hits a little bit closer to home. My daughter came to me a couple of days ago with her feelings hurt. Someone had really done her wrong and broke her trust. It happens in everyone's life. I hope you enjoy this week's episode titled, Tell Me a Lie. Let's start off by thanking everybody that listens to us each week. If you wouldn't mind, tell a friend about Secrets from the South. Share this to someone else and let it spread across the U.S. as much as it can. And visit our website, and that is secretsfromthesouth.com. If you've got a subject you'd like us to talk on, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. This is something that I think everybody can relate to, and the word is trust. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and it's such a variety. Have you ever had your trust broken? I think everybody can say that they can think of a scenario where they've said, you know what, I don't know that I'll ever, ever, ever trust that person or that organization or whatever it is, again, because they've been burned. Terry, I think the the older you get, your trust becomes more sacred, that your your circle of trust becomes smaller and smaller to where because you've been there, done that, and you can hear a line and you can pick up on if somebody is full of it from the moment that you talk to him. You know what I mean by that statement? Yeah, but let me tell you something that's in contrast to that. I read an article that said that as you get older, percentage-wise now, our younger adults that are out there in the world today are less trusting today than older adults are. But you do have some substance to that because in the past you were you're brought up to trust people and give them the benefit of the doubt. Nowadays, that's not taught in homes like it once was. Do you know what I mean by that statement? Yeah, yeah. well, I, I think that there's just too many players that play into well, in our, our little trust bank. Like scams. When you and I were growing up, there was very few scams that I can remember of that's on a, good a national one. level. Well, but I mean, now, the phone rings now, and you don't know whether, you know, it's just like, oh, a good one. You, spam. Spam. Okay, well, and you brought up another good thing, okay, and that is... Uh, when you talk about what you just said, do I trust somebody when they call and they say that they represent a charity? Correct. If I don't recognize it as something that is local to where I live and know something about it, know that it's reputable, and it can be uh, like St. Jude's. I mean, I think everybody knows that St. Jude's is a legitimate organization that does great causes for children. But when it's something that you don't recognize... And let's face it, I mean, they're so sophisticated, it can sound legit, letterhead, they can send you something in the mail. There's always that possibility that it could be a a scam. And now they've gotten so good at it. You used to, you could say, well, that area code is not even where I live. But now they've got it to where they call from your own area code. It is amazing that they spend so much time preying on people, especially the older people. Because, again, it goes back to the stat that I told you. As we get older... 
we believe in people more so than we do as young adults. And I think that trust as a whole is probably, I don't know that I would say declining, but I do think that you said there is some truth to also that the older we are, the more skeptical. I think it's kind of, it kind of goes against each other that we are more trusting, but we're more aware. Let me just say that there's so many things out there that can kind of prey on our trust. And let me give an example, Terry. I go over to my mother's and I got two examples, I guess. People call her nonstop trying to sell her medical stuff. Medicare, you need to take out this extra insurance. And she's scared that she has to have it because she believes everything that they call. And I keep telling her, don't answer the phone. But she won't listen to me. She feels like if it rings, she has to answer it. But think about how many people don't have somebody sitting right there to say, don't answer that phone. And they do answer it. And before you know it, they're sending somebody a check for $2,000. You have to hide checks and things like that because they'll give it to people thinking that they're honest. Well, here's my banking information. And it's, you know, just a heads up if you've got somebody elderly in your home. And I think back on this example. My dad, this was about six years ago, of scams, of people, what they do. My dad had passed away, and it had been uh, six or seven months. And I went over to see my mom, and she was terrified because she thought my dad had called her. And it was somebody doing a scam to where they used his name on the caller ID to call her. And she was just terrified. And things like that exist out there. People are going to prey on the elderly that, that don't understand the more modern things that are going on. Well, think about when you and I were young, we were in the car with our parents, you're going on a trip somewhere, you got on the interstate. I can tell you how many times you'd see somebody on the side of the road, and they were in need of something. They'd had car messed up. A flat. Or anything like that. You know what you did back in those days? You pulled over and you helped. Correct. Now you wouldn't do that because the trust factor, it's not there. Now you've got people that will pull the hood up, waiting on that good Samaritan to pull over, and all they want to do is rob them. I mean, that's, it's sad to say that in a way, that's where we're at. There's great trust factor uh, opportunities that exist everywhere, but there are things that exist in our world today that just make us question a level of trust that we have. It even goes to if you break down and some somebody stops to help you, you better make darn sure that you trust them when they get near you. I can't count the articles I've read of people that were kidnapped and then murdered in their car. They're just serial killers that roam the interstates. Well, somebody comes up, and and that's the thing about it is they always want to act like they're going to befriend somebody, and, and you let your guard down. You yeah. trust them. Well, their motives is nothing but pure evil or it's wickedness it's deceit it is to get something that you have i mean there's an interesting article it was written in 2016 so when i throw out some percentages think about where you think we probably are progressed to now exactly so the article is called the decline of trust while we are losing confidence in each other and that's sad to even think we got to write an article on this and it says we live in a world of social competition in a world in which trust is eroding trust in government has declined from 73 percent in 1958 to 24 percent in 2014 well, what do you think the level of trust is now oh i'm telling you and only 40 percent of people trust the media as good deal or fair amount according to the 2015 gallup poll well i can tell you that and that's one of the things that we listed in terms of mistrust is i think media which is probably the most powerful entity there is out there most 
Americans don't trust the information that we're being fed. Because it's so many times it's been proven they were lying. And you look at, uh, think back, Edward Snowden, when all that broke about him, you think, oh, this guy is just somebody that was bad. Then the more you hear, Edward Snowden really told the truth. he done something wrong to show the American people what were being done to him. Exactly. And so talking about when we were talking about the differences in generations, this says those that are born before 1945 are more trusting than those that that were born before 1960, who are more trusting than those born after 1960. So it's not simply your age. It's the year you were born, according to this article. So we're becoming less trustful of government business media and each other i mean that's kind of a scary world to say that we're becoming less trusting of each other sorry let me throw this at you what is it or you're thinking here you bump into somebody you don't know what is something they can do that automatically makes that that little prickle in your hair on your arm go oh ah i don't trust you what is the first thing that that kind of triggers that in your mind do you have an example of that Mm. No, unless I think that they open up their mouth and say something that immediately draws attention to themselves. Or One of the things that makes me go, uh-uh, is when somebody starts bragging about what they got right out of the gate. I've got this, I've got that. Oh, yeah, And yeah. they just go well, into Well, the, the whole it. saying is usually those that brag the most are the ones that have the least. Right. And there's some truth to that, folks. If somebody does that to you, watch them. Watch them. Well, I think a long time ago, we used to be more trusting of our health care systems. And yes. maybe a lot of that is because of the media. We're more educated. We're more aware of the things that goes on in long-term health care facilities. I mean, you've sometimes you just hear nothing but bad publicity, and maybe that's not giving them their due. But it's like, okay, am I trusting of my loved ones to go in this health care facility, and are they going to be properly cared for? Trust has declined in our religious leaders. Oh, and that was my next point. Think of how many children now that have come out that have been abused through that. And go ahead and throw in the Boy Scouts there. You know, they've been sued to you-know-what and back over trust. And they went into these organizations as a kid trusting that leader. Well, yeah, trusting the Catholic um, diocese. Yeah. And so now you think about, okay, do I trust the people that I entrust my children to be with correct like you said the boy scouts um a catholic priest and and again this doesn't even go on to catholic priest you could pick any denomination correct and there's a has that level of trust declined and i think it has 100 percent. well and then it goes on to say do we trust the scientists do we trust elected officials well you see you get into that and it begins politics even with You'll take a scientist that that get on TV and they promote this product. They're being given money. What's fun? What was the TV show? Do you remember the movie uh, that had Harrison Ford to where he's accused of killing his wife? Oh, yeah. Um, what, what was the name of that? The Fugitive. Exactly. And, you know, the whole plot of that thing, His be- this, this is the perfect example. He had a best friend that was a, a doctor buddy, trusted him with everything he had. And in the end of the movie, you find out that Harrison Ford was done over by his best friend for money for a contract with a pharmaceutical company. And that happens in everyday life. So many times it's not even funny. Well, I mean, I think we can say that there's always been distrust, 
mistrust, however you want to word it, that has existed since Time. man, exactly. Since she, somebody ate that apple. Exactly. But it does seem sad to say that we seem to be on the decline of that, and what can we do to kind of restore that? There has been, even when you just look at, and I think you talked about Adam and Eve, there's been, think about what that is when you have distrust with your own spouse. Oh, which will lead to divorce. And can you repair that? You know, once, you know, I've seen this in relationships. If somebody has an affair and they decide to stay together, but the other spouse never gets over it and throws it up to them every other day or maybe every day. I think the only ones that are probably going to um, survive that is at some point, and I think that's something that we always go back to and say that's something that has to be earned. It's funny that you can lose trust in a matter of minutes. Mm -hmm. It can take years to gain it back. I mean, think about if you've had a friend or, again, a spouse that, I don't know, I don't know what the odds are if a spouse loses trust with the other if they can overcome that and and i know that there are example after example after example of where people have done that yeah but there's as many if not more where they can't and sometimes trust is there's nothing there you know in their mind they don't trust them because of you know these four or five things when in reality there's no substance to support that but you know and i always think of it this way if you're sitting at home and you have to call your spouse, they're at a grocery store, and you call four or five times wanting to know where they are, you really, <laughs> in the end, don't have a relationship. Does that make sense? It, it does, because it's an element of trust. I've always said this, and I stand behind it today. If I were, and the same thing goes for my husband, if I were in a restaurant eating with somebody, another male that he didn't know, that's one thing if he knew him. But let's say he doesn't know this other male. And he were to walk up just on happen chance, walk in and see me with that other male. He would never assume that it was not something on the up and up. And I can say the same about him. If I right. saw it, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't go home and say, so who is that woman that you were eating with? But it's more inquisitive. It's more, I'm just curious, but I trust him i trust him until he gives me a reason not to trust him but there are an awful lot of folks like you said right that the minute that they saw somebody you know their spouse in, in that same scenario there's something going on that couldn't be on the up and up and i don't trust them and again i'm going to be that person that calls them 400 times a day wanting to know every single move that they're making yeah and if you're in that it it's just really there's a lack oh, I of couldn't trust make, and, i couldn't make it that's you, for sure you can't live your life in misery and then here comes your next trust your best friend you know think about your and i have to say this about you terry you are probably the one of very few that have come into my life in the last 10 years me and you hit it off in the beginning very close. And I, I think from the, the get world, go. Yeah. And I trust you. I trust there you. There are so few people that are in my little trust of circle. My circle of trust is a better word for yeah, it. Yeah. And you know, I, I will say something that my grandmother said a long time ago. And I really, and this was probably me in my 20s. And I do think that when you talk about getting older, I think that sometimes we are 
a little more gullible. But in another sense, I think we're a lot smarter. And I remember my grandmother telling me, and I don't even know what the scenario was, but she said, honey, you will not be able to count your best friends on one hand. And I thought a lot about what she said then, and I really thought it was hogwash because if you are an extrovert like you are like I am, we and we come from both small towns, you know everybody. Yep. I mean, you know everybody, Scotty. I feel like I know everybody. Don't you almost find it odd if you walk into a restaurant and you look around? We're automatically assuming we're going to know several people in that restaurant. Correct. And it can be a chain. I mean, this is something. It can be a restaurant right off an interstate. But in our communities, we just naturally assume we're going to know somebody. Well, I, I really thought that what she said, I thought, mm, you know, that's just a grandmother just kind of saying something. But the older you get, it really does, even though you do consider yourself an extrovert, and even though you do consider that you know a ton of folks, if you were to think back, and I know some of them that you would probably count on your hand, and maybe you have, well, I'm not really in the camp of just saying they would be on one hand, maybe they're in two. I do think that we do find out that that circle of people that we would honestly trust, not hang around with, not socialize, that's a different ball that's Correct. a different camp. You're talking about call at midnight and say, hey, I need to help drag a body. Will you come? <laughs> exactly. And hopefully you don't call me on that conversation because uh, our level of trust may be shot right then. But it really is a small circle. It is. And so I think there is something when we talk about who all we would actually trust. And I think that over time that we do have more people in our camp, but they've done something along the way that kind of takes them out of that one hand, so to speak. Yeah, they break that trust. They do, and some of them can be just minor things, but it goes back to if they'll lie about this minor thing, Mm -hmm. will they lie about bigger things? Yeah. It's not just limited to people that are in our circle of friends and uh, our fam- even our own family members. Oh, yeah. And I know feels I'm looking at you because I know that you would probably say that there's different levels of trust that you have with your own family members. Correct. And so you're talking about how we have trust with our family members, how we have trust with our friends. Think about And even with our friends, I've heard stories of my best friend was having an affair with my wife. He was my best friend. I can't imagine what that would feel like, that that sense of betrayal. Because those are probably two of the most important people in your life. And that level of trust just exploded. What was it? Kenny Rogers had a song about that. Daytime friends and nighttime lovers. Woo! So... And it kept Conway in business for but years. But that happens all the time. Oh, yeah, it does. Where your best friend has had an affair with your wife. and Or it was, you know, it, it, just the opposite. But you get my point. And there's also that level of betrayal or mistrust with a coworker that you've been working with for 15, 20 years. And you tell them things in confidence. And well, they, they use it around. It. Yeah, well, because they can use that as an advantage for them. Maybe it, it helps them secure a promotion or helps them get in good with the boss or the, whatever. Know, the, the coworker thing, really, that one goes to a different level because you're around your coworkers probably a lot more than anybody else in your life. 
And when that trust there is broken, oh boy. Well, I mean, they may have been some of the ones that we're referencing as some of those folks that you would count on one hand or two hands. I mean, they are not only are they a coworker, you consider them a really, really good friend. You like you said, you go on lunch, you go to lunch together, you work on projects together, or they're down the hall. If you've got a problem, you've had a bad day, you're going to reach out to that person, you're going to tell them exactly what's going on, and then all of a sudden, you find out that. They're the very one that went to the boss. They're the very one that, you know, took advantage of what you told them and used it against you or whatever else. And it's like, and it's like ask, a stab in the in the heart. It is. Let me ask this, because you you probably got a lot of answers to this. Say you're at work, and that does happen. How do you repair that? How do you move forward with a coworker after they've done that? Because you still got to work with them, whether you I, like them or not. How do, how do you, how does someone deal with that? I don't know that you ever repair that unless that person comes to you and says, I'm so sorry that I did that. And they own it. You know, I think that's the first step with anything, with any kind of relationship, whether it's, you know, husband and wife, whether it's good friends, whether it's a coworker that you've worked with for the last 15, 20 years that you actually consider more than just a coworker. I think the first step is to own and admit that there was some wrongdoing. I don't think that you ever repair that overnight. Do you? No, there's no way to repair it. But I, I, and I think that is great advice of owning it. Because have you ever done in your behalf, you know, I have made mistakes before and said something wrong and somebody else interpreted it totally different than the way I intended it. And it turns into a fiasco. And I try to stop that and own it and go, whoa, 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 whoa. I said this. Oh, I yeah, didn't mean exactly. It that way. But sometimes it's too late and there's damage done and that person doesn't want to hear what really happened. Well, you know, and I think that those are just, sometimes those are just really, really hard to get over. And they're probably some of the the most hurtful mistrust that we have because those are the people that are closest to us. But I think it's kind of scary to think that we're in this big world and that statistics is showing that we're going in the wrong direction. And I think over time with everything, I am an optimistic person and I do believe that we will self-correct and over time we will be more of a caring society. But right now, we're probably at an all-time low when it comes to trusting. Okay, the left doesn't trust the right. The right doesn't trust the left. But you know, like just what you just said there, I cannot watch the news anymore and it, whatever they say, I take it maybe like a third. Okay, maybe there's a little truth to that, but I need to go investigate it myself and do some research because I totally don't believe it's a slant on every story that you see in the news nowadays. Yeah, and it's any sometimes what we're piping out to the public is exactly the only parts that we want them to hear. We don't want them to hear the whole story. We just want them to hear uh, bits and pieces of the story. Look at New York this week, where we find out that they've been hiding the numbers of how many actually died in nursing homes. And, you know, the lady from, uh, was it Fox News that Janice Dean has been running down, you know, the governor going, you were part of why my in-laws died. Then you find out that they have been hiding numbers. It makes you go, that's that's just wrong. Be truthful about it. Well, and again, I think that it's safe to say that there are always two sides to every story. I know that that Governor Cuomo has been saying that, hey, I was reporting exactly how I was told to report. But it does go into a bigger picture, and that is that you yourself have admitted as a listener to the media, it's do I believe exactly 
what I'm hearing. I think a long time ago, if it came out on the news, it was the gospel. If Walter Cronkite told you that, you believed it. Oh, you absolutely did. And now it's sad to say that we are where we are today and that the most respected positions of authority are some of the ones that we trust the least. Well, go back. and Do you remember the, the story of Bridgegate? Do you know what I'm talking about? Christie, I don't think, was ever actually tied to it, but aides that worked to him, you know, blocked traffic on that bridge to make it harder to get into the city to make somebody look bad. You know, and you trust these people. That is so wrong. Well, I just think that it just serves as a reminder that there is corruption and bad dealings and misgivings and mistrust at every single level of government, of relationships. And and like you said, I mean, the biggest piece is how do you ever repair it? And you think about, I mean, all of our listeners thinking out there right now, I guarantee you, you have one or two or three uh, situations or examples of mistrust going on in your life where either it was somebody that a, a loved one, you know, like um, when people die, I mean, you have Ooh. your family members the people that you trust the most. I mean, it's like a free-for-all. They and, show up and want their part. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of mistrust going on in how affairs are, or estates are handled. It's scary in a way that there's so much mistrust, but we have example and after example of situations that it makes you think more about do I spend my money on this organization? Are they really, truly a good cause? Do I pull off on the side of the road and help my neighbor? But there are also as many good examples of where Good Samaritans have stepped in. And there is a level of trust with people, and they do the right things over and over again. But it does make you think, you know, are you setting yourself up to be hurt? Uh, do you truly believe everything that someone says to you? Or do you now because of the world we live in, go, okay, I'm going to take that information, but I'm not going to run with it. i got to go back out there and verify that that information that I've just been told is actually correct. And what happens? Do you go down the wrong path, and are you setting yourself up for failure or heartache, I don't know, misgivings, or put yourself in harm's way if you just trust everything you've been told? It does make you kind of think, doesn't it, Scotty? It does make you think, Terry. And it also reminds me of a story that I remember hearing about my Aunt Estelle. She had been arrested for stealing, and she's standing before the judge, and he goes, Estelle, what did you steal? And she said, I stole a can of peaches, judge. And he asked, how many peaches was in that can? Aunt Estelle thought for just a moment. She goes, your honor, there were six in the can. After he thought about it a minute, the judge decided to sentence her for one night for every peach that she'd stolen in that can. He said, six nights is what you're going to get. And Estelle was feeling about as low as a snake's belly, bawling her eyes out, and she just didn't know what to do. And right before the Judge Mallet hit that desk, Uncle Jimmy walked through the door. And he said, Judge, Your Honor, wait a minute. The Judge said, what? What is it? He goes, she also stole a can of peas. The moral to the story is, don't be a nag. It can come back to bite you. (laughs) 
We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information and we'll be in touch. Until next time, well, you know a secret, well, you know a man's word is his bond.